We're here. We're all together. We're live. We're doing it. We did it. Hey, everyone. Uh, What's up, everyone? Beyond and hello. It's so early in the morning. I haven't had enough coffee. My name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is a special episode of our normally weekly PlayStation show here on IGN Podcast Beyond. I'm joined today by Lucy O'Brien. Beyond. Hello. Brian Altano. Beyond. And Max Scoville. Beyond. Closing every other program on my 2015 (laughs) MacBook so you don't lag. (laughs) <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, yes. So if you are tuning in, we're recording the show live and airing on YouTube live. Thank you for everyone who's watching along live right now. And if you're listening or watching this in the future, thank you for checking out the show then. Uh, obviously, of course, with the shelter in place effect, uh, lockdown in the Bay Area, all of us are recording live from our homes right now. So there might be occasional audio interference or lag on our part. So please excuse that. But we wanted to record this episode in between normal episodes of the show because we're all at home, you know, we're working, but a lot of you are at home too, maybe working, maybe not, and we wanted to be able to bring a little bit more fun and entertainment to your lives as we're all stuck inside at the moment. Um, so first of all, I just want to start off the show asking, how, how are you guys all doing? It's been a few days since we talked. I'm going crazy. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm not, like, it's funny, but it's not. I, like, I thought I would be really chill during this whole shutdown. I thought that I would be playing games. I finally have time to catch up on, like, all the cool pop culture stuff that I missed. But instead, I'm just kind of climbing the walls. I don't know. It's something to, it's, a, it's something to do with the fact that, like, I, I, I can't, it's not my choice to be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I yeah. think if I was just at home and I was choosing to have a chill, like, weekend, like, catching up on my backlog and stuff, like, I'd, I'd love that. But instead, the fact that it's mandatory, and it's for good reason. Not complaining about the mandatory shutters. Just, like, I'm just climbing the walls a little bit. I don't know. No, totally. Yesterday and the day before, I realized I was inside all day and around 6 o'clock at night, I went outside to walk around the block. And I saw a bunch of other people walking around the block and then everybody went back inside and I was like, huh, that's kind of like how they do prison. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone's stuck inside all day and then we get this like yard time <laughs> where we all get to walk around. Um, I went out last night to pick up dinner. I've been like cooking at home for like what feels like 10 days straight. And I was like, you know what? Let me go support one of those like local restaurants that uh that you know is struggling right now and i went to one of my favorite pizza places in the neighborhood and they were basically all closed up and there was like a man standing behind a table with the door ajar and he had an ipad outside and you had to walk he was like wearing a mask and gloves and you had to walk up and you had to push buttons on the ipad to order the pizza and then um he like 10 minutes later after standing far away from the building he would bring it out to you and give it to you and i've been pretty strong about all this and you know like as like a husband and a father it's like i kind of have to be um but that broke me like i i just it was i was just like okay the like the amount of normalcy that's being stripped away here is is slowly eroding at 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 our routine and everything that like all the sort of like comforts and fundamental things that we rely on are are now slowly declining and it just just killed me i hear you yeah it was great it's a bit weird and to uh, completely 180 from that, just as a uh, quick note to everyone, someone's mic is rubbing a little bit on a material or something, so there's like a weird scratching going on, uh, just as a heads up. Is it still up. going? Is the scratching still going? It's happening right now, yeah, like intermittently. Is it Alexio? He's muted, so technical difficulties live. We'll see what happens. Maybe it's me and I don't know it. Still. I can't Perfect. hear it. Is it a mouse? Oh, there it is. Yeah, it was just there. Lucy, as you were talking. 
Hello. <laughs> Lucy, is it is it on your call? Is it that or is it? I don't have. Oh, oh yeah, oh, you found that. the yeah. mouse. <laughs> Wait, is, is it, it my collar? I think it might be. Do you have a wire behind your your like? Uh, oh. oh yeah, from the back. There we go. Yeah. How's that? It, yeah, it's that there microphone. It there we go. Sorry that everyone had to just like watch that whole thing play out in real time. <laughs> no, it's okay. That's, they had the same problem with Obi Wan and the Phantom Menace because they put his microphone in his ponytail and he used to slap against his shoulder all the time. <laughs> um. Well, of course, in addition to working out our microphone situation, we are here to answer some questions that a bunch of people from the Beyond Facebook group uh, asked us. For the love of God, distract me. I will (laughs) happily distract you with questions. One of the questions we were getting a lot, and I did want to mention it here uh, for those who haven't heard, uh, people have been asking us, where's the Bloodborne playthrough? Because we recorded you know, an episode a few weeks ago. Where's that happening? Uh, We recorded. It came out really well. We really, really want to bring that show to you, but we don't know when we're going to be able to record it next. And so we don't want to put out an episode and then not have something for two or three months. So. We're gonna we're gonna turn the first recording session and in, into in, I believe two episodes, right? And I think that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, and they're 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 awesome. They kick ass, but we don't want to do that like Amazon pilot program thing where we're like, here's the first episode, and then the rest of the season never airs or whatever. So yeah, I, I mean, if it gets really weird, we could always take turns like going into your game and like helping you. Like it could yeah. get it could get co op. I guess you got your little bell and your insight. So. True. Could do stuff from home if we need to get there. But yeah, obviously we'll, we'll see how this whole situation goes on and if we need to adjust from there. But that's why those episodes are not yet up. So sorry about that, but we really are excited to bring them to you. Uh, but without further ado, let's actually get into some of the questions. Uh, most of these came from the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond, which you can join. And of course, if you're watching live in the YouTube chat, throw in some questions and maybe we'll get to some of those too during the show. Uh, the first one though comes from Nick, who said, what do you think about the recent rumor of Konami and Sony working out a deal to get Metal Gear, Silent Hill, and Castlevania as passable Sony exclusives? So we were actually going to talk about this in a big way on the show before all the PS5 tech info dropped earlier this week um, in the episode we recorded earlier, but essentially there is a rumor going around, unconfirmed by anyone within Sony or the Konami side of things. We haven't been able to confirm anything on our end, but there is this rumor going around that uh, apparently Sony and Konami are working together to revive all of those Konami franchises, uh, including a Castlevania game that would be Bloodborne-esque, two revivals of Silent Hill, one that would essentially revive Silent Hills, and then another that is like a soft reboot of the franchise, and then also looking, of course, to bring Metal Gear back into the fold. The reality of whether or not those will happen aside, I think we can all kind of agree right now that feels more like a pipe dream than anything close to reality. But if that happens, I think we'd all be excited. I did want to kind of go through and what we all think we would want to see from all of these three franchises because they are big three dormant franchises that I know have a lot of love among this cast. So I guess let's start Mm -hmm. with Silent Hill and Silent Hills because that is such a longstanding love affair with PlayStation 4 players because of PT. Yeah, I mean, like, if this rumor was true, which I don't think it is, because as I mentioned in the last uh, couple of episodes, whenever we talked about it, um, you know, it, there was such terrible blood between Kojima and, and, and Konami, and, and I don't, I'm not sure we'll see Silent Hills as a Kojima uh, production, but, you know, obviously I would love that to be true. I think that PT is one of the greatest horror games. I know people, you know, nitpick at that because it was essentially just a demo, but it's still one of the most amazing interactive horror experiences uh, you, you can have 
and I would love to see Silent Hills become a reality. What was the other rumor, Dorno? Was it that Silent Hill was going to be like some sort of a, a episodic kind of? Yeah. So there's an idea that it would be almost like a Telltale-esque reboot of the franchise that would be a little more episodic, uh, I guess a little more story focused. Uh, it's all wrapped up in this rumor, um, that came and forgive me, I'll check the original source, but one of the original sources for it, uh, I'll get their name. It essentially is, uh, they spoke, I believe, with someone recently about the Silent Hill sort of like movie TV reboot discussions that have been happening and they spoke mm-hmm. with someone on the entertainment side. And so that's what's led some people to believe there might be some credibility to this. But again, like we said, we haven't heard anything ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm less interested in, in that one, I suppose. Um, yeah. I, I, I've, I've, you know, Silent Hill 2 in particular had a, had a, a wonderful story, I thought, but like so much of the kind of uh, power of Silent Hill um, comes from that atmosphere and, and that sense of being alone in a, in a strange, hostile world um, that I'm not quite sure would translate super well to a, a, a choice and consequence kind of kind of game. But, you know, yeah, like totally any more agree. Silent Hill, I'm, 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 I'm dumb. Mm. Yeah, I think the thought of Silent Hill making the jump into a, like a TV show or something is um, probably more believable than the idea of Sony scooping these things up just because we've seen uh, Konami have really good success with Castlevania on Netflix, um, which is – the sense that I get is that Konami really wants stuff that yields a lot of profits for the least amount of money they have to put into making it happen. Uh, yeah. So farming out their IPs and licenses to other companies and like just sort of sitting back and collecting the you know the profits from that – it, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot different from, you know, having, you know, Kojima in, invent a cutting edge next gen engine and like build like mocap studios and stuff. Um, no, totally. Um, I, I think that like they, they began to win some, Konami specifically began to win some goodwill back with me, uh, last year when they started launching the collections of Castlevania, Contra, and basically that shmup collection that had, you know, Life Force and a bunch of other like vintage shooters that I absolutely adore. That was the first time, like, in a long time that they were sort of like, okay, instead of like mucking up all the things that you love in this like sort of modern sense, we're going to collate all this classic stuff that you love, put it on PS4 and Switch and Xbox and stuff like that. Uh, and put it out for fairly cheap and sort of like, you know, acknowledge our legacy and our history. And I love that because that's something that like EA specifically is not doing right now, you know, um, and they could benefit from that. I'm like a huge old school Castlevania fan. That is a franchise that went in some very weird directions uh, in terms of like Metal Gear going 3D. I think they kind of nailed it at the gate. Same with Zelda, Mario 64, and then there's games that uh, kind of like hit a stumbling block a bit, like Castlevania and Donkey Kong, you know, like, sorry, Barrett Courtney, but <laughs> those, those are, uh, I think that there's, you know, one of the things that was interesting about this rumor on the Castlevania side um, was that they were essentially trying to craft this like Bloodborne style 3D open world-ish Castlevania game, which... um Sure. Again, pipe dream. I don't believe it's an actual thing, but in lieu of getting a legit like Bloodborne two, uh, I know we'll get Elden Ring, which will scratch that itch a little bit. Um, I would love to see them do something. I wasn't actually the biggest fan of Bloodstained, so uh, I would love to see a two D Castlevania Renaissance. I would love to see a port of the GBA Castle game, Castlevania games come to PS four or PS five, or just a full on three D like open world game where Simon Belmont or one of his cousins is walking around just killing dudes. I'm into that. Yeah, Brian, uh, I, I was going to say you brought it up exactly. Um, right now, at least with Konami, the thing I see most likely happening with Castlevania is them going down the 
uh, classics bundling route. And I would love if those GBA and DS games were bundled into, you know, an HD collection on modern consoles. If they went for a like full 3D thing too, that would be great. But right now that's like the most I could hope from a, the way Konami yeah. And I think the, the weird plan was, uh, in the first iteration of the Castlevania collection, which came out last year, um, they pretty much put together a bunch of stuff that, uh, was either never really, really stateside or, um, weird stuff like, you know, Kid Dracula, which, uh, is, is a childish, but like super fun Castlevania game where the, even the theme song is like moved up a key. So it sounds more like something you'd hear on Sesame Street, you know? Um, but their their plan there was basically to to take all of the like very OG Castlevanias and put them together in one place. And I thought that would sort of be the stepping stone to the next collection where they'd eventually get to like, you know, the Symphony of the Nights and the GBAs, the Rondo of Bloods, all those games like that. Um I, I would love to play Area of Sorrow uh and Harmony of Dissonance and Circle of the Moon in, you know, glorious HD pixel art on my PS5 or PS4. Uh, so hopefully we do get there, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we're going to get like a full on 2D Castlevania game at any time soon with Igarashi having moved on to doing his own thing on the side with Bloodstained. But, um, I'm down to see what, where that franchise can go in 3D. I think, I think that someone could take another crack at it and make something awesome. Absolutely. I, Max. I think you, you hit a weird point there with, with Igarashi where like, it's bizarre to see creators of these like sort of iconic games or the people that were like, we associate with them, like, you know, Kojima, um, and they're 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 kind of kicking around and they're doing their own thing, but they don't have rights to the IP that everyone knows them for. Uh, yeah. And I think if Konami were to sort of come out and be like, "Hey, we've partnered with Sony, and we're gonna, you know, other people are gonna be working on these things," there would be a lot of like sort of awkwardness around like, "Well, is this person? Does it have this person's blessing?" I mean, it's a lot like you see with um, uh, with comic book characters being written by people who didn't create them, you know. And it's yeah, it, it happens, yeah. but uh. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about this, and like, it's great that we've gotten all the Castlevania games ported over to Switch and stuff, and it's it's phenomenal. We we sort of had that with with Metal Gear. There was like the HD collection and the Legacy collection, which got kind of jumped around a few times. But the original Metal Gear Solid is a pain in the ass to play. Mm-hmm. Like you, I think you can, you can play, play you can, it on your PlayStation Classic, <laughs> right? Without, without that just blew up so much like, dust. Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, God. Um, but it seems it seems odd. Like even. Like, I don't understand why, like the fact that it's being, it's the one game, it's the game that everyone like really adores. And it's the one that they kind of keep like, you know, just cordoned off. And it, it, like, that's the thing that makes me think maybe there is some deal going on behind the scenes where they want to like properly exploit that, that demand, you know, like, well, what's interesting about all this is this is happening congruently with that sort of, or concurrently with that, uh, the, the whole like teasers from Bluepoint and what they were working on. So it's like, that's that does give us multiple roads here where one of these things could be remastered or reborn or you know brought back to modern consoles in in some way um i'm just hoping we're not getting our hopes up like i i do think it's kind of like i i wish i wish konami would take all the classic castle game or you know metal gear games and just put them on ps4 put them on oh, ps5 yes. right? you know like yeah I, the, yeah, I guess the collections just mentioned twin stakes, and it's just oh yes, please. <laughs> the collections stakes. right now you can only play on Game Pass in terms of modern consoles. I, I'm not sure if PS Now has. Right, right. I know. I saw that. Um, I downloaded it in a heartbeat when I set up when I set up Game Pass a couple months ago. But uh, Twin Snakes is an interesting one because I believe the licensing with that is like tied up in Nintendo stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like Mario and Yoshi are straight up like on a desk in that game. 
Um, I, I like, I don't think it's a great game, but I think for sort of like history and posterity, it would be really cool to throw that in there. Uh, I think that falls into the same sort of like gutter as like something like GoldenEye does when, when, when Rare tries to put together one of their collections of games. Uh, it's just one of those things that's just, it's tangled up in so many licensing issues, especially with like Silicon Knights having developed it. And that company is, I, I don't know if they're like, if they exist now or they defunct, like right. Dennis Dyack I mean, has been no, trying to he's on, he's on like world. a third company at this point. I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's what almost, it doesn't support it, but it, it would, that's what kind of makes sense with the idea of blue point doing a remake is basically trying to do like, if you know, the original, the original metal gear solid is like, you can only play it on PlayStation one. And it's like, I, I feel like that's, I mean, Sony has the right to that. That is a definitively, that is a PlayStation one game. And then if you've got twin snakes tangled up in Nintendo rights, then maybe being like Sony being like, okay, how do we, how do we make this our thing? Like if, if that's even a thing, like I'm basically making a game that has clearer ownership, the kind of thing yeah. where if you rebuild it from the ground up and make it sure that it's like, this won't happen again, we'll be able to port this to future systems and people will be able to, you know, actually enjoy it over the years. Uh-huh. Well, blue point building or rebuilding the original metal gear um, from scratch would be, I think that would win over a lot of people who are basically like this. This is a fran- this franchise is sacred cow, and you can't touch it since Kojima left. Um, and I think that funneling all that work and resource into recreating all those assets, um, it would be stupid of them to not follow up with a sequel or you know, uh, sort of like a spiritual successor or something like. Um, Although that's like a weird thing to do, right? Like we didn't, they didn't just build the Shadow of the Colossus too, just because they built all those assets. So, <laughs> right. Um, no, but I think but you guys also, are totally right that it's, yeah. it's very, it's, it's a sensitive thing, right? But Shadow, Shadow of the Colossus is kind of like a, you know, critical, critical darling, like classic, but it's cricket also love. kind of a cricket, cricket darling. It's also <laughs> cricket love. Kind of a, it's kind of a, like an artsy one off, whereas like Metal Gear Solid is like, you know, big, big blockbuster action movie stuff. Uh, I mean, just look at, like, look at what Capcom's doing with Resident Evil. They are, like, in yeah. tandem developing sort of new iterations on this, on this formula, but also revisiting classic stuff in a way that is, like, hey, here's some, like, nostalgic, you know, fan service, but also, like, hey, here's us, like, making a new game, essentially. And I mean, flip side, look at, you know, Square with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, there's, there's a, I, I feel like this, we see this with movies too, where like 20 years later, they're like, let's make a sequel or a reboot or let's dust it off or let, let's just remaster it at the very least. And yeah, game, games are finally old enough that they're getting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shadow is a weird one off thing where I can understand, especially with it being within the Sony purview. And at least right now, uh, Konami, like uh, we were saying earlier, Konami seems to still want to make money. They just don't want to seem to want to put the effort into their games. Yeah, I mean, Um, mean, it's become a joke. The pachinko machines thing has become, you know, something of a gag that whenever, you know, we we sort of hear rumblings about Konami working on something with one of their many uh, lucrative licenses, it turns out to be a a, a gambling machine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say one uh, one way to circumvent that is if you dig into the good news in the Mark Cerny speech the other day was uh, the sort of retroactive backwards compatibility and figuring out a way to bring all of those old consoles to the forefront. Now, um, you maybe don't have to remake these games from scratch if you can just port them a lot more easier, which we never really got on PS4. You know, like PS4 is an amazing system; it's one of my favorite consoles ever made. It might be my favorite PlayStation, but in terms of like honoring the legacy of everything that led up to it, it didn't really do a great job of that. You know, it's it's got a pretty limited library of of original PS1, PS2, PS3 games. So, um, yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and before we move on from this question, Max did put in the runner show, and I do want to bring this up. Uh, if these IPs got handed to studios that have worked on PS exclusives before, uh, who should get what? Does anyone have Man. any thoughts about who should tackle which franchises? I mean, I think I mean, the obvious. obvious- yeah, you go ahead and say the obvious thing. From, yeah, Castlevania yeah. with FromSoft. It's just yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, I would dog. really like that. Um, I've I've really wanted a 2D Castlevania from uh, either Yacht Club or Way Forward for a very long time. I think those guys are so poised to do that. You have Yacht Club has been um, buried in a single i you know IP for so long now that I'm sure they're thinking of any way to get out. I mean, they're, they're publishing, uh, shadow cyber shadow, which is that like 2d oh, Ninja yeah. style yeah. game. Um, whereas way forward has like this awesome hit, like they way forward. A lot of people stuffed in this game, but they made, they made a game called the mommy remastered was, which was based on that failed Tom Cruise cinematic universe movie, <laughs> you know? Um, and that game kicked ass, and it was basically a 2D Castlevania game, Metroidvania game, and it had tons of horror elements. Those guys are masters at, at sprite work and pixel art. Um, I'd love to see them do something like that. Uh, I feel like they're like consistently slept on. They're so talented, and they get they kind of end up like working on much smaller franchises. Like that would be an awesome way to go. Yeah, WayForward feels like a team that I think all of us in the industry know and love and champion, but they just haven't had that like breakthrough hit. Um, yeah. that has kind of catapulted them, I think, the way we all want them to. Uh, anyway, moving on from that, Mary asked, if next-gen consoles do get delayed, when do you think would be the optimal time to release? So after this week, Xbox and PlayStation seem to be sticking to that holiday release window. Obviously, we have no idea what the state of the world is going to look like in a week, let alone six months. So theoretically, if these consoles had to be delayed, when do you think they should release? If you had to put a month to it. Let's say um, in 2021. I mean, again, like it's, 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 it's almost, I almost feel like it's sort of the world is irrevocably changed. And yeah. like, I don't know we can, if we can even at this point sort of presume that next year is going to be like normal, normal you know, yeah. or any, in any sense of the word. So I, I, I find that question a, a, a difficult one to answer. Yeah. Um, uh- I to- I'm totally with you. Yeah, I think as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, that's my only an- like that's my only answer. Like, I don't. Think there's um, really going to be an optimal time uh, for those consoles to arrive. I think that people will will be hungry for them whenever they come out. Yeah, I mean, if anything, the the, the launches should get moved up because people, and this is bleak, but this is real. Uh, people are already losing their jobs now. So when's the optimal time to launch a six hundred dollar uh, f- sort of frivolous novelty purchase? That, you know, and I love video games. The world's loudest dog is right outside of my window. Um, I love video <laughs> I was going to say, you know, dude, like, you don't have a dog. I know, right? Uh, well, when you live in the city, you have everybody's dog. Uh, the uh, the thing is, like, if 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 pe- people are already losing their jobs, like, uh, and again, this is bleak, but like, uh, unemployment web- websites are crashing right now all over the country. Um, it, this, like, infrastructure is being shot down at a record pace. Stores are closing, restaurants are closing, bars are closing, everything. Um, and so, it's not a great year to launch a six hundred dollar toy, you know. And like, there, it's a a piece of tech and it's useful and you get to use it for a lot of things, but it's, it's not really as, as sort of necessary as something like a phone or a computer. Like it's ultimately a vehicle to help you 
create, you know, experiences with interactive media, which is, you know, not necessary. Maybe, maybe it's necessary for a lot of people right now or but when it comes time to actually spend six hundred or twelve hundred dollars, if you want both of these things this fall, um, I think that's the bigger issue. You know, I think that like even if they do stick to the release dates, you you first of all you might not even have stores available to physically sell these things, and second of all, uh, I don't know if people are going to have extra income lying. Sorry if that's dark. But this is- <laughs> hey, we're in dark times, yeah. man. It's a we're it's a weird this. reality. Yeah. Um, well, sort of on that note, a few people had asked in the group, sort of with the state of everything, uh, two people in particular, Zach and Dan, both basically asked the same question of, should Sony and, you know, other console makers and companies be giving away more free games right now or more free access to things? And do you think they should be? Do you think there's a responsibility to? Do you think it's a smart business move? A weird, like, how do you think these companies should be reacting to this? Because we've seen the... Absolutely. Yeah, have yeah. you seen the movie industry shift to now releasing some movies early on, uh, you know, rentable streaming services, obviously for uh, pay, but something like Disney Plus is now getting Onward, which just came out in theaters at the beginning of April. So we're seeing that happen. But how do you think the game companies should be reacting to this? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't I don't think it's it's a at this point, it's a poor business decision to um to make a bunch of games, especially older games, you know, more accessible for people. Uh, I think that it, it, it makes a huge amount of sense. I think that people, um, need, need video games right now. Like I, you know, I don't, I, of course, you know, it, everyone makes a good point that they're not a necessity, but, um, you know, I tweeted out earlier just how I was kind of going crazy being inside and so many people were just like, same and X video game is the only thing kind of keeping me together right now. Um, yeah. I think it's like video games are the one small joy that we actually have at the moment. Um, sorry, this is such a bleak, uh, <laughs> bleak, uh, you know, show everyone, but you know, it's, it's important that we have access to, to things that give us joy at the moment. So I, I think even beyond just like, you know, companies being the good guy by giving something away for free, it also is, uh, an incentive for people to stay indoors, which is like, that's sort of an important thing right now. And it's in the exactly. same way that, I think having transparency about which studios are in fact, you know, having, you know, quarantine precautions or doing that. It's like, it's, there's a certain kind of, you know, everyone sort of lend a hand there. Um, but yeah, as for the, the necessity of, of, you know, games and distraction, I think like, uh, games specifically are great because they are, they are interactive and they do, they do hook you and they, there's also a, a there's a tangible sense of, of doing something. Whereas like yeah. I've had a, I've had a really hard time just even like paying attention to a movie or a show or something. Like I just find myself getting up and pacing around. Whereas like games are, you, you pace around in the game, you know, like you find yourself doing, you know, doing repetitive and sometimes busy work type of stuff. But it's like, there's a sense there's that, you know, dopamine feedback loop of like, I did something, even if it's make believe yeah. something on a small screen somewhere. Yeah. Lucy, you put together uh, with the help of the whole IG staff, um, that feature the other day of like games to play right now or games we're playing right now that we're all stuck inside. And I thought it was, um, really fascinating how there was a mix between, uh, a sort of bleak, miserable escapism to make you feel better about how things are here because they're not as bad as The Last of Us yet. <laughs> um, and then like sort of like happy, you know, very sugar coated fun stuff. And then like kind of just like for, for, you know, funny distractions, just puzzle games and stuff like that. Um, and one of the things that I wrote about was Resident Evil 4 because it's just like one of those things I, I've memorized front to back. I know it really well. And it's, it, 
doing like the same thing happened when I was on paternity leave doing completing something and accomplishing something that I'm, that I'm good at that I understand is, uh, is something that's like really helping right now because mm. there's so much uncertainty and there's so much like, you know, like I, I spent this morning like dragging like this stupid cabinet thing over here and covering just to like build out, build out a set. Cause like on Monday I was in the office with Max shooting a video and it's Friday and like, here we are. And you know, I don't know when I'll get to go back to the office. It's just a lot of uncertainty. And so like playing through some comfort food, playing through something even on easy mode and just kicking its ass. So you feel like you did something and rolling the credits on something that you're good at. Um, I think is like really necessary right now, but to answer your question, Jonathan, like you're totally right. Uh, I think, and, and Lucy is, and Max as well. Like it, it, it's, it doesn't hurt Sony to sort of reach into the back pocket, take some like legacy first party stuff and either put it on sale or add it to the PlayStation plus bundle, or even just be like, Hey, for a week straight, you know, God of war is free. You know, crush through that game. Have fun. Like, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of that because Ubisoft put out like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. They were like, yes. "Hey, yeah, it's free for a few days." Like, and it's it's also like it's kind of you know kind of a drug dealer move to be. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's free, but also there's like a deep hook in there that maybe gets you get you hooked and you got to stay in Greece. <laughs> well, especially this weekend, it's like, hey, play this game, this 150-hour open-world beautiful game for three days, and they also introduced the new Ezio outfit. So any like longtime Assassin's Creed fan who's jumping back in is like, well, now I got this outfit. I want to keep playing. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, um, I love it. But yeah, speaking of, I did actually want to bring up that feature that uh, Lucy was able to pull together from the whole team. It was such a great thing for us to have up. What are are you guys turning to comfort games right now? Or are you focusing? games like what, what is sort of your gaming balance right now because obviously we're all still working we're recording shows we're writing stories we're doing all that stuff but like what are you turning to gaming wise right now? well interestingly i'm i'm um one of the the two people uh reviewing a game right now yeah uh, it's myself tom, and tom marks who's reviewing final fantasy 7 i'm pretty sure i'm allowed to say that um i'm reviewing well, well <laughs> it's out uh, dan will uh, slack us if he's upset. yeah um, I am reviewing Resident Evil 3. Um, so it's actually, it's, it's a great, it's a great game to focus on. Um, it is, uh, obviously I can't say uh, anything about it, um, beyond the fact that I'm playing a, a zombie infested, uh, video game right now, which is, is kind of weird, but like, it, it's sort of like, uh, my partner and I were watching Contagion the other night and it sort of scratches a very similar itch. Like it's, um, don't touch sometimes, the edge. Uh, don't touch the edge. <laughs> sometimes you turn to uh, turn to sort of those kinds of games that are, that offer a kind of mirror or an exaggerated mirror to your own reality, and it kind of gives you this weird sort of comfort in a way. Um, and I, I'm kind of pleased that I'm I'm playing for a zombie game right now. It, it, it it's working for my mindset, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm a, I was up until one in the morning playing Animal Crossing and catching bugs and fish and stuff, which is so nice because it's just like, it's, it's just that just exact right level of like passiveness where I'm doing just enough to feel like I'm doing something, but it's also like, it's, it's such like soft serve vanilla ice cream in terms of just, it's like, oh, it's very, it's very pleasant. You know, it's won't, mm-hmm. just won't upset anything. Uh, and then flip side, I will be jumping into, to Resident Evil 3, which is going to be like an interesting sort of, you know, flip side there. Whiplash. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, I, I, it also hit me that like the current situation made me, um, a lot less excited about The Last of Us. 
<laughs> like there's, I, I remember, I feel like when the first one came out, there's a sense of like, well, society's in place. It has stuff wrong with it, but like, man, it wouldn't it be great if things were, if you just have like a little more, you could just, if you could have an effect on, like there's that, there's that kind of like, you know, zombie apocalypse mentality. And I feel like now I'm just like, well, we're sort of in that and it's, it sucks. You know, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. I would just as soon have some kind of entirely like it's, it, it's, it feels like more parallel escapism than like actual escapism. Yeah, I I'm, I, 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 I'm going to be interested to see how I feel about that one because Last of Us Two is is definitely my most anticipated game of the year. It's still it's still my most anticipated game of the year, but I'm wondering if it's gonna uh, it's gonna be a little I don't know confrontational. Yeah, we had a few people asking, should Sony delay it because of the current state of things? And I, I think that's a harder question to answer than just, oh yeah, of course, or no, why? But yeah. I'm, I'm like personally still really looking forward to that game because I think that like what that game is going to do is show a really like sort of beautiful human side to how people interact during these sort of things. It's going to show some very, very not beautiful human sides. Like <laughs> right. things are going to get bleak and dark. We've seen that in the, in the trailers and such. Um, but I think that like the, that when I think about the last of us too, I don't really think about the world and even the gameplay, even though I love those things, um, or the, the last last of us game, uh, as much as I think about like the connection between Joel, Joel and Ellie and, and the conversations they had and, and, um, we're cooped up in our homes and we are sort of missing social interactions and uh, watching, you know, characters in the last of us who interact with each other on a personal level and, 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 and deep in, in, in a way that like a lot of us can't right now, aside from using webcams uh, is I think going to be something kind of important. Like, I think it's going to be ultimately about like, the perseverance in a situation like that. And I think, yeah, that's, that's I mean, a good message. totally. And I think there's a reason that that giraffe scene was so remembered in, in the last of us and the original last of us, because it did, it, it, they fat naughty dog is, is so great at, at portraying the, the hopefulness and, and, and a sense of, of, of small joys in, in otherwise catastrophic circumstances. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing more of that in the sequel. No, we, I like, we really need that kind of stuff right now. When, when I was coming back from that pizza place yesterday, uh, I looked up the street and I heard this large crashing noise and there was this woman and she was pushing her, like one of those like little metal grocery carts and she had gotten like a bottle of wine, you know, to numb herself through this psycho nonsense and uh it fell and she broke it and my wife and i walked up and we're like can we help you and we all just kind of stood there and it was like oh wait no we can help you right like we can't touch your bag and mm -hmm. you don't want us like we all want you just to know that we're there to make the gesture but we can't and we all just kind of stared at each other like <sighs> yeah yeah <laughs> and kept going and so yeah thing things are bad right now but in the last of us they can mostly still pick up wine bottles and, yeah yeah and throw them at uh, <laughs> i was waiting to see how you're gonna, gonna say freakers. Freakers. yeah they're gonna yeah i love it i love you <laughs> that worked out very well um yeah no i think for me with the last of us the last thing i think of when i think about that game is post-apocalyptic nature of it. Like it is so much more focused on the characters and that storytelling and those performances and all of that. So I expect that game to be fully as dark as possible and probably darker than the first game. 
but oh. I do think there will be some optimism or hope in there for sure. Yeah, it's going to be I, like I kissing, also... kissing an acoustic guitar. It's going to there's going to be nice stuff. I don't I don't mean to be a downer about it. I just. It, no, it's it's it might also be it might also be so like you know when it does get bleak and dark and grisly and they're like you know disemboweling people hanging from street signs and stuff like maybe you play that and you go good god that was harrowing and you, then you look outside and you're like could be worse you know like the old, <laughs> the old bloodborne effect i do i do time- want to also remind everyone um who uh who who's who's watching this like live or who watches this later um we are in San Francisco so we are on mandatory shutdown so that hence the reason why we're finding everything to be a little extra bleak right now um we've all been stuck inside our our homes for for 5 days and and things do not feel great um so just to give some context around the fact that we are uh, are feeling the effects of 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 everything that's happening outside um, and yeah, I hope that we're not coming across as, uh, as too, as too much of a downer for you guys. Yeah. For sure. No. Yeah. Every city is obviously handled differently and every state and country is going about this differently. And that's sort Especially of where our them. situation is. Yeah. They're handling it very differently. They're having a uh, blast down there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've seen all the, now this video is about the kids partying on spring break there. Yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, I've been weirdly turning to, I haven't been sticking with any one game recently, but I've been swapping around a lot. Like I did play a few hours of Animal Crossing last night. I also tried for the first time in maybe a decade MLB the show. Um, which wow. I have, yeah. Uh, so I haven't been to a baseball game since I was in like middle school. And then we went last summer to a game at, uh, to see the San Francisco Giants played. And it was like an oddly calming and relaxing experience just being in that stadium and being like, Oh, the only thing I can focus on for the next three hours is these men hitting a ball and these expensive hot dogs and pretzels. So I'm just going to do that. And it was relaxing. And so like I've been in a weirdly interested in baseball again spirit. Um, and so I decided to jump back in the game and I'm terrible at it. But one, the character customization is extremely detailed. And my girlfriend and I, I think spent a good hour uh, trying to recreate me as a baseball player, and we came pretty close to it. I'll have to post a photo later. Yeah, please um, do. That sounds awesome. But cool. it was really funny to just go through all of that and like wacky stuff. Their their stance and their like home run, um, like their animations after they hit a home run or if they get a strikeout, like what happens to them. You can do all these little tweaks and details, and it's a thing I'm not really used to doing. And so it was really fun to have all this control over a character, and then go into the game and be like, I don't. Why do I keep hitting? Uh, pop flies and getting out constantly. Why am I so bad at this game? But after I played three or four uh, games, like through the beginning of the season, I started to slowly realize how to get better at this game and how to marginally improve. And I'm not nearly as good as I probably should be at this point, um, but it has been like a strangely rewarding experience to jump into the early parts of that game right now. Um, but yeah, th- between that, Bloodborne and I realize 2020 has kind of been a year of me trying games I would have never probably played otherwise, which has been a nice thing to find solace. Yeah. No, that was my plan for this year, too. I, I mean, I think that one of those games I played uh, this year was uh, Dragon Ball Kuka or whatever they call it. <laughs> Kuka um, Yeah, Kakarot. I, I really hope, man, what sucks is, and I don't want to spoil the videos, but like you were awesome at Bloodborne. Like, I really hope. <laughs> I really hope there's a way we can get back in there or play a little on your own or something like that. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, no, um, for reference for everyone out there who's 
Asha Red, our producer, uh, normally on Beyond for that Let's Play series as well. He's done like a rough cut of the first episode. So we're going to, you know, look through that and see what comes together. But I think hopefully we'll be able to put out like a little bit of a teaser for it. Um, because yeah, there's a lot of energy and excitement in that room that I think we could all probably use a bit right yeah. now. Definitely. Um, so to wrap up some of the questions and everything, Ronnie, our old pal and former producer of the show, Ronnie Barrier asked, Hey, Ronnie. Uh, hey. He specifically asked several things that we sort of addressed already about sort of our gaming habits currently, but he did ask, of course, that was Alexio for uh, Ronnie's interest. Um, Max, what's in your pocket? I'm a ho- I'm at home. I don't have anything in my pockets. <laughs> However, Do you have pockets currently? Yeah, man. I got okay. little tiny jeans on, and they're, I, I'm trying, trying to do the thing where I just pretend it's normal, and I get up, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm late. And then I shower, and I'm like, oh, I've got to get my coffee. And I'm like, then I sit at my kitchen counter or my chair. <laughs> I don't have anything in my pocket, but I do have something very special. I have the vacation drinking pregnant koala bear. Hey! That koala bear comes straight from the Gold Coast. This is, uh, this was a gift from a former member of the show, Alana Pierce. Um, and I love Alana dearly. Um, but she's also like one of the most like cartoon, like just woke up teenagers I've ever met. Um, and I think she, (laughs) my birthday is in November and I think she gave, she gave this, she gave me my present. Like, I want to say it was at our New Year's party. And she's like, and she, she lived, she lived with me at this point. Like she was my roommate and she's like, Oh, Hey Max, I finally got your birthday present. And she handed me this like crumpled up brown paper grocery bag. And it just had this inside. (laughs) It's just like, I love it dearly. And it's also completely describes my current mental state. Oh, my oh God. it's terrifying face. I love it. Oh, I love it. What, um, if you had to, what kind of game would that koala star in? Tekken. Perfect. <laughs> koala of duty. <laughs> um, are you guys playing anything else before we wrap up stuff, um, for this little bit of a truncated episode? But are you guys playing anything else that you want to shout out or mention briefly? Just another, no, just, just another shout out to Doom Eternal. Um, the perfect game to be playing right now. It is wonderful. It is chaotic. It is, it feels so good to play. Um, so yes, if you haven't uh, had a chance to give that a go, please, please check it out. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, just more Animal Crossing for me. Uh, I've been tweeting out pictures of my house. Um, I made a basically like COVID 19 panic shelter and also like a sort of like a, a, a hip shoe store that you would find in like Tribeca. So that's been good, I guess. <laughs> uh, bringing it back to Doom though, quickly, Lucy, I did want to ask, uh, do you think someone can jump in to Doom Eternal if they didn't play Doom 2016? Like, do you, is that a prerequisite? Or? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, um, it's, you know, it's got a story, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm not like, I'm not particularly playing it for the story. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a really like, it's a really great example of a game where the sort of the, the gameplay systems just feel so good. Um, you can jump in. My girlfriend actually has started playing, which is a lot of fun. Oh, awesome. Um, and yeah, it's, it, it, you don't need to have played the original, but I also do recommend you play the original as well because 2016 Doom was one of the greatest games that came out that year. It is one of the greatest, uh, I, I believe single player FPS campaigns. Um, I'm, I'm starting to feel the same way about this one. Obviously I haven't finished it. Uh, but yes, like you don't have to have played, uh, the 2016 game to, to get a kick out of it. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I've been playing more of it too. I also just grabbed five bucks. Um, so I'm very excited to see how that holds up. Wait, what did you grab? Not- hey, you're, you you cut out. In- oh, oh okay. Doom 64. Yes, I was, they added like a new level. Yeah. I, I kind of want to play that on my giant TV. That game, that is like a supremely underrated game. I think like when it came out, it was, there was like, there'd been like enough doom and doom clones that people were sort of like, this is more of the same, but it's like, it's like, I, I feel like my, my fondest memories of a lot of my fondest memories of doom are of, of that iteration of it. Cause it's just like, yeah. it's like gloomier and like, I don't know. You're down to no, um, they, when, when they ported Turok one and two, uh, to switch. And I think modern consoles recently, I, I got like really into them for a little while. And they're not great games, but it was just like really fun to revisit those things. Um, it's it's a, it was a really special era for me for video games. So yeah, I'm excited to play that one. Yeah, I'm excited to jump into. Uh, it would be a really great time. Suddenly, they said Doom was available on PlayStation for everyone to play the original, so they could jump into Eternal already to go. But this is a great idea. Um, anyway, the PlayStation Plus team should talk to me because I want more free PSVR games. Uh, before we do wrap up, I did want to read uh, one That One Thing because we did a memory card on the other show this week, but we didn't do a That One Thing. And That One Thing is another of our weekly segments where we read uh, emails from you, the listeners and viewers at home, about that one thing in a video game that you absolutely loved, whether it was something in the gameplay, a graphical thing, an audio thing, whatever it was, we read those. You can write those into beyond at IGN.com with the subject line, that one thing, so I can find it in my email. And this week's comes from Andrew. Unless you guys read this on the week that I was out, let me know. Otherwise, I'm going to keep reading it. Hi, Beyond Team. I am an animal welfare advocate. have become one uh, over the years. It is this reason that I have to stop playing Pokemon and will never actually play Monster Hunter. Uh, I even had a few problems playing games like Assassin's Creed 3 where you have to level up your equipment by killing animals. Uh, so they haven't played Far Cry either. But my one thing in games is getting to pet or feed or interact with animals that you meet in the game in a friendly way. Uh, I love petting the dogs in Red Dead 2 and how the game scorned you for killing dogs. RDR2 has many little sections of being kind to animals such as the horses, saying hello to cats, and even helping dogs who have had snake bites. One of my favorite things <laughs> is that the dogs even remember you if you're nice to them. Uh, most games now, of course, allow you to pet animals, and my favorite still being Shadow of the Tomb Raider. So they sort of transitioned into a memory card here. My wife and I played the new Tomb Raiders together. I would do the puzzle boss sections, and my wife would complete area discovery and searching and some action sections. I remember getting lost in the ancient village in Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the most recent one, uh, where the dagger was supposed to be. My wife said, oh, look at the, they have llamas in this game, and gave me the controller. I knew instantly it was so I could go and pet them. As I walked up to the first llama, I could clearly remember saying, you should be able to pet these llamas or we're quitting this game. I pet the llama and with a big smile handed the controller back so she could continue exploring and investigating the village. Uh, thanks again for the content, Andrew. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I love... Think- Sorry. I spent like a ton of time in photo mode taking photo- pictures with llamas. Like I, I think Me I spent like maybe like half an hour just being like, just Lara being like, just... <laughs> no, long. Max. Remember, I I got that game like a week early because Laura could make you could change her face, so she. So I took a picture <laughs> of her like in front of a llama, but also like there's all those there's those guys in that in that sort of like uh, village around the llamas, and they're all uh, they all have exposed butt cheeks. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I was doing all these like selfie shots, and I was just like, yeah, here's me and this man's butt. 
And I was texting hey. it to Max, and I think he was like, please stop. <laughs> uh, hey, we have we actually have one more, uh, that one thing. Uh, this one comes from a listener named John Carpenter, a huge gamer. Here's oh. John Carpenter's that one thing. <laughs> oh, I love prof comedy. Yeah, doing so much of that on a webcam. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that for weeks to come. Um, I guess you but could say yeah, I'm I, kind of a super rascal. I've well, I've got my, I still got my um, my little face hugger. You know, I got this from the set of Alien Covenant. Hey, let's make them kiss. <laughs> um, I actually got some uh, exclusive replica from the last. <laughs> this is this is available at um uh, the PlayStation Store and also Dollar General. Um, this is a really good one. This is a, this is the, one of the giraffes from The Last of Us. Uh, we're finding out if he's, uh, gonna return for the new game. Probably not because I don't know how long giraffes live. I had my dog petrified. <laughs> That's horrible. That, what? Yeah, we hired a hypnotist and now he's, uh, oh. you know, the dog is dead. Well, uh, does he have like a word that if you say he'll snap out? What is this, Problem Child 2? <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you. I think Prop Comedy is signal for us to start wrapping things up. Thank you for everyone who's been watching along with us live as it's going on, and thank you for everyone who listens and watches afterward. Uh, we'll be back normally. Brian, but... <laughs> I have a bunch well, of kid garbage here. What do you want me to do? What does the cow say? Um, normally, Podcast Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.ign.com, youtube.com slash IGN Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. Uh, Hola, amigo. Vamos a explorar. Abre el libro. Sorry. Who was that? Let's explore. Um, the book. I have this uh, Spanish lady that comes over and teaches me stuff. Very useful for the job. Uh in addition to those episodes, I'm just going to keep rolling through it. We're also going to be doing an episode at the end of the Push month about through. Infamous Second Son, so if you haven't been playing Infamous, uh, do check it out. We'll be talking about it later in the month. And if you've taken any fun, uh, cool screenshots since that game had the PS4 Pro patch, uh, send them in. We'll try to include some of those on the show that week when we talk about it. Uh, it doesn't quite have a photo mode, but you can screenshot. Yes, Max? We have a we have a, a very special video going up. It's one that Brian and I've been working very hard on. It should be going up either just later today or tomorrow. It is uh, a little list video of things that Bloodborne and Animal Crossing have in common. And spoilers, there's like fifty five of them. We we went hard on this. I believe a lot, it. 54, a lot of the actually, same we, things. We caught one. <laughs> we missed one. Um, no, yeah, I, we, I cut one of them. Oh. oh well, people in the comments are going to point it out because it's obvious. That's okay. If if somebody wants to count up all fifty four and say there isn't fifty five, they they win. That's I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I think we're all officially broken. Uh, go check out that video. Go check out the roundup uh, feature that Lucy uh, was mentioning. It's a really great resource if you as well. And of course, check out everything else going on IGN this week and the weeks to come. We are all working very hard on a lot of big game stuff coming out and now my dog is getting angry at me so I think that's a good time for us to wrap things up thank you so much for listening and or watching and as always beyond 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 I love genuine <laughs> cut the feed Alexio keep it going <laughs>